Hi, my name's Tina Waldron. Welcome to the podcast and I hope you love it and share it with others. This podcast is all about evangelism and mission, sharing Jesus in natural ways, in ways that we can all do. I interview people right across Australia and also overseas to hear what's working and how that ultimately applies to our lives, no matter who we are. Some weeks I jump on and do a little teaching myself. I hope it's helpful for you. Don't forget to check out our other free resources on our website. Now let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Win Win Evangelism podcast. My name's Tina Waldron from Evangelism in Australia. What an intriguing episode I have today for you. I'm talking to Dr. Colin Perry and we're talking about near-death experiences and Christian witnessing. Welcome to you, Colin. Hi, Tina. Good to be with you. So tell me a little bit. I, I mean, we had you on the show a few years back, but tell us again, what's your experience with near-death experiences and I guess the intersect of the Christian faith? About 15 years ago, it was 2008, I suffered a heart attack. And uh, whilst I was on the way to hospital in the ambulance, I actually died. And to cut a long story short, I I found myself beyond this life uh, in in a spiritual body and called out to Jesus. And he came to, to get me and took me up. And I was in the presence of Jesus with the angels for what felt like some period of time talking and asking questions and he actually did some spiritual healing on me at that stage which was quite amazing Uh, and then eventually told me a few things that would happen in my life and gave me appropriate warnings but gave me the choice to come back to my life and to continue which I chose to do particularly because of my children and my responsibilities in my life so I chose to come back again which was not easy entering this body again after being in that blissful heavenly sort of state Uh, And I've since written a book called Dying to be Alive, uh, which is up on Amazon or or most good bookstores. Uh, And yeah, I've I've just been trying to spread the word as much as I possibly can since then about what happened to me, my personal experience. And as a result of that, I've come to know quite a lot of people and read quite a lot of books and heard a lot of testimonies about people who've been through a similar experience and, and how it's affected their lives. Yeah. So what is so interesting for me, Colin, is that there were so many people that listened to that episode that we did with you a few years ago. As Christians, everyone agrees that, you know, there's people that Jesus brought back to life. There's people that had near-death experience in the scripture. But when we seem to hear these stories of Christians now, today, happening, there's a little bit of, I don't know, it's almost like disconnect. It's almost like we can believe what's in the scriptures, but we hear these stories and because there's literally tens of thousands of these stories out there from Christians and non-Christians, why do you think there's a little bit of unbelief, first of all, from people? Yeah, um, look, I've been a Christian most of my life and I, I, I also am intrigued by this because to me, the whole idea of, of going to heaven and meeting Jesus, that is the end game of my belief. That is the reward. That is the light at the end of the tunnel, literally. Uh, and to have people so sceptical, and I've personally experienced this scepticism, um, 
not only sceptical about whether or not it's occurred, but more so sceptical about, oh, you're just trying to make money from this. You're just, uh, you know, making it a big story out of this to try and get attention, et cetera, et cetera. And there seems to be this inbuilt bias against it uh, coming from Christians uh, within the church. Yeah, that, that does really intrigue me because these are the same sorts of things that were, were happening in the time of Jesus, in the time of Paul, uh, and, and were celebrated and written into the scriptures and, and everybody is, wow, that's an amazing miracle. Yet if it happens now in, in ways that are slightly less um, less immense and divine, uh, they tend to be suspicious. And that really disappoints me because there's so much going on in the world. As you said, there is tens of thousands of people who've experienced these these sorts of events. And they're all coming back with the most amazing stories and the most amazing testimonies of, of what is beyond death. We are in a, a unique period of time where, of course, you know, medical science has got to the point where it's quite common for people to die and to be resuscitated, which was not the case 2,000 years ago. If it happened 2,000 years ago, it was a miracle. I mean, that was just a given. I think maybe that's part of the reason, Tina, that, that people think, well, medical science has brought them back from the dead. It's no great miracle. The, the interesting thing is when you read the stories of these events, it's not always medical science that brings them back from the dead at all. And that was the case with me. Just because I was in an ambulance, it wasn't the, the, the uh, paramedics that brought me back to life. It was Jesus sent me back and I just started breathing again and I came back to life. When I actually became conscious again, the, the, the paramedic was standing over me with the defibrillator pads and, and about to apply them, but he hadn't. He hadn't applied them. Uh, so it was just a spontaneous resurrection, literally. Uh, so, so it's not quite the same, I guess, when somebody is artificially resuscitated, but even then, they're coming back with the most amazing stories. Medical science can't cope with it. Doctors can't cope with it. They don't know what to do with it. Although many doctors are now coming around and realising there's there's something to this and there's quite a lot of empirical evidence to support what the people are saying. Yes, absolutely. What's some of the things, like, I mean, you do a lot of uh, reading and there's some great books out there and there's a, a, a big movie about what has hit the US after death that's about to hopefully be here in Australia. What are the most common things, Colin, that you hear that people say that they have an experience after death? There's lots of them, but what are the most common ones? Well, there seems to be um, always a, a bright light seems to be the most common factor of all um, near-death experiences. People see a bright light. Now, that can come in a variety of forms. Some people say they see it as a, a huge glowing sphere that comes to them. Uh, other people see it at the end of a tunnel and, and head towards that light. Uh, for me, it was literally the light that was emanating from, from Jesus and the angels. But, but there's really bright light that then also... Uh, is transmitted as a very powerful sensation of love. And they're the two most common factors that I'm aware of, bright light and love. And this sounds like God to me. Uh, and that's across the board. This is not just Christian people. This is the people of all religions, atheists, anyone who goes through this. This is the common experience that they have. 
Yeah, I, I recently, just so that my own listeners realise where I stand on this, I recently had a friend interstate that had a near-death experience and said all of this, Colin, and that person is completely sane in their right mind and telling me this story. But as they were telling me, I was just really overwhelmed with what I can only express as I understand as like a presence of God. It was it was quite amazing, remarkable, her seeing this light, even other parts of the story were just were just profound. People want to talk about this, Colin. Do you find that the secular world are open for these discussions? Absolutely. If you walk up to somebody on the street and say, um, do you know about Jesus? I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. You know the reaction. The reaction is nine times out of ten, oh, no, oh, no, go away. I, I don't want you to bother me with this. But if you walk to someone on the street and say, I've had a near-death experience and I've gone beyond this life and I've come back again, do you want to hear about it? Nine times out of ten, the answer is yes. Uh, they're, they're intrigued. They're absolutely fascinated. They, everybody wants to know because everybody at, at some level is a little bit afraid of dying and doesn't quite know what to expect. Uh, they all come up with their own theories as to what's beyond death, but to hear someone who's been there and come back again is very interesting to almost everybody. Uh, it's it's a great conversation point to open things up and, and to talk about Jesus, but but perhaps not just slam Jesus in their face straight away, but to just bring this up. The interest levels are phenomenal. Yeah. What do other people like, people of different faiths, as you said, are having this experience, a near-death experience, where they are actually seeing a light at the end of the tunnel or a light of whatever? What do people pass that off as? I mean, as Christians, you know, we make that connection straight away to Jesus, the light of the world, or all these different things. What have you heard people say? Look, there's a huge variety. As, as you said, there's so many thousands of these these events. Like some people will apply their own perspective and their own view to it and say, this is um, my version of God and I saw this or that. More often than not, it, it, it is a, a, a non-identifiable light. It wasn't until I actually said, who are you, that Jesus identified himself to me. Hmm. Uh, if, if a person does not, and I gather from what I've read of a lot of different experiences, this is very commonly the case. If you do not ask, who are you, identify yourself, tell me who you are, he won't. Uh, he doesn't do it. Uh, and I think I'm not sure of the reason for this, but but I gather it's just that people probably because they're coming back into this world and, you know, that God wants us according to our faith. I, I don't think he wants to be too obvious about it and, and have everybody coming back and saying, Jesus is there, Jesus is there, because he, he still needs people to believe in him through faith. I, I think there's something underlying there as to why perhaps he's not identifying himself to everybody. But interestingly, there's been some pretty prominent cases uh, recently, and these are up online, there's a man called Randy Kay in America who has a good site, and he's he's put up quite a few uh, Muslims, Hindus, who have actually met Jesus uh, in their near-death experience. And this is becoming more and more common. Jesus is making himself known and appearing to more and more people uh, in, in both near-death experiences and in visions. There's been quite a number of Muslim people who have experienced Jesus as a vision and, and converted as a result uh, to Christianity, which is not an easy thing for them, as you know. Uh, and this is happening more and more. 
I wish I had all the answers, Tina. That's the best uh, that I can surmise as to why these things are occurring. Yeah, well, it's just fascinating. It's great to have the discussion column because I've got lots of friends that I've even had these discussions with and people are very open or have had their own experiences. And as a Christian, I think it's good to be skilled up, (laughs) tooled up a little bit to be able to you know, even point people to, well, you know, the Christian worldview of what we believe of the afterlife and asking those questions. What's one of the most memorable stories besides your own that you've heard of a, you know, a near-death experience that really you you think about a lot or got your attention? Oh, there's so many. Um, This is where I really recommend, apart from reading my own book, of course, (laughs) the book Imagine Heaven by John Burke. That, that he's put out is has been a bestseller, very popular book. And he lists quite a number of, of different experiences and talks about them. Um, one thing that is sticking more and more in my mind uh, over time is people who have actually seen the, the heavenly city, not only met Jesus, but seen the heavenly Jerusalem. Wow. And experienced that. And they give some vivid descriptions of what's going on there. Uh, there's, there's this obviously beautiful dimension that we just very naively just called heaven. But uh, there's such an immense range of of life there, uh, life in a different sense to what we have here. I think rather than individual stories, it's the consistency of what goes on in this heavenly realm that really sticks with me. Number one, uh, this lack of speech. Speech is is a physical thing. This is post the Tower of Babylon, you know, the Tower of Babel. There is absolute direct communication when you're in that level. It, it's thought to thought, soul to soul. And, and I knew everything that the angels and, and Jesus were thinking, and they knew everything I was thinking, and it was just a direct connection. It was fantastic. It was amazing. No room for lies, no room for deception. Uh, they know everything that you're thinking, and that's consistent uh, with near-death experiences. Everyone comes back saying the same thing about that. Wow. But another thing they come back saying, and, and I will vouch for this, is that we always think of this this world as this is reality. We're grounded in reality. We know what's real, what's not real. All this spiritual stuff is not real. Well, I've got news. Uh, that spiritual existence is far more real than this existence here. And everybody who comes back says the same thing, almost without exception. That is reality. This is a very pale imitation of that reality. So that that is operating at a higher level than than we are here on Earth. Uh, And things are so much more real, so much more powerful, so much more um, engaging and exciting and inspiring. And on almost every level, everything is better in that level, as we've always imagined heaven to be, you know, And, and it truly is. It truly is an amazing experience to go there and come back. Uh, you, you never think the same way about life again because you know and there's just this other whole realm just sitting there invisible but, uh, but so much better and more powerful than the realm we are in. Yeah, it's such an intriguing, intriguing discussion. What are some of the key questions or thoughts that you have in your mind when you're talking to people that really they don't know Jesus in that personal way and you're trying to provoke them or you, you know, what type of questions or what's in your mind when you're around people and you're trying to intersect with this near death experience? 
I think it's really good to ask people, what do you think is going to happen to you when you die? Mm. That was a great opening question. I mean, what do you think? Where, where do you think you're going? What do you think is happening? A lot of people tend to say, oh, either I just don't know and I don't care is, is a pretty common response. Uh, others others will say, oh, I hope, I, I hope there's a heaven and I hope I don't go to hell, and, you know, these sort of responses. Um, and others just say, well, there's, there's nothing, just nothingness, nothingness. That's a very common response as well, um, which interestingly is very much the, the description of the Old Testament concept of Sheol, which is like the bottomless black pit of, of, of mm. no conscious awareness. Uh, a lot of people are saying that, well, it doesn't matter because there's nothing after death. But that's where, I mean, I can come back and say, well, actually, I've experienced after death. Um, and there's a lot of evidence out there. And there's, as we've said so many times, there's thousands upon thousands of people who've been beyond death and come back. And these, this, this conversation can go one of two ways. One is that they start to argue against it, which is usually that they'll say, oh, it's just hallucinations, it's the brain shutting down, et cetera, et cetera. But look, there's so much evidence against that that just doesn't make sense. Um, people who are totally anaesthetised, that their brain should not be functioning, they should not be aware uh, and yet they are able to tell doctors what they put in the cupboard and, and what they said to such and such a nurse, et cetera, et cetera. So there's obviously things at play here that just uh, can't be explained with, with this medical approach. That's a good one to open up the conversation. And, and then, um, I mean, some people will just shut down and not want to talk about it. But, but then it's really interesting to talk about the fact that very often with, with death, we also get this life review. It's like a, a judgment process that goes on. I, I experienced this myself. Hmm. And just, just feeling the weight of my sin in, in my human form and being released from that. But as soon as you're released from it, as soon as you're in this heavenly realm, it's like, wow, that, that is really a strong force holding me down. That is, that is like the guilt, like the stains that, that are on my life. Mm. I, I remember, you know, when I was there with Jesus, just, just calling on that covenant, calling on the blood of Jesus and saying, you know, Lord, you, you've washed me clean. You've forgiven me with your blood. And that was such a powerful, powerful moment when I was there to, to know that I was forgiven and, and to just to feel that forgiveness and, and um, big part of what went on between me and the Lord when I was there. Uh, and that sort of thing, I mean, that's very important to people. So you can say to them, like, if, if you find yourself there, as I know they will, if you find yourself there, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? Yeah. Um, suddenly you'll realise you're wrong and, and, yeah, there is really a life after death and, wow, you miscalculated. What what are you going to do and what are you going to say in that situation? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a really interesting one to get people thinking about because one of the first things about becoming a believer in Jesus is this realisation, ah, I have sinned, I am a sinner, I am unworthy as a human being. I mean, even looking in the Bible, Isaiah and, and all these different guys who had these visions of heaven, they, they all said, I'm a man of unclean lips and fell down and, and just said, oh, boy, I, I can't do this. I'm not worthy of this. And that was the experience I had too and many other people. So that, that in itself is a really good conversation point of, okay, the, the life review, what's that all about? Mm. You know, 
why is that there? And obviously it is this, this transition into the heavenly that involves, well, you need to deal with all the baggage you're carrying because it's actually a spiritual force that's become a part of you and you need to be cleansed of that, which is what I experienced there. And, and it really does open up some interesting conversations with people and, and get them thinking uh, and perhaps put a few of the building blocks in place to, to get them thinking about, well, perhaps I need to find out more about this. Okay, that is brilliant. I, I love that concept of the life review, Colin. I'm like, I'm almost having a happy dance here. I can 100% have that conversation with people, you know, people that have been on the journey with me for a while, I can see myself having that conversation, <laughs> raising the life review, even in a kind of a relaxed way. But seeing uh, what people have to say about that is just fascinating. So I heard that uh, you have been interviewed yourself uh, for a follow-up book of that, Imagine Heaven, which was the bestseller. John Burke's now releasing a follow-up to that, a sequel. Is that true? You were interviewed for that. And what did he ask you? Oh, he did interview me. He, he basically um, did, did an interview similar to what you're doing, but more, more focused on my experience and what I experienced. And he was particularly interested. The, the book is titled Imagine the God of Heaven, and it's just been released now, like this week. Hmm. I, I'm not 100% sure if the, the interview material he did with me is going to be in the book. I mean, I'm, I'm neither here nor there about that. It would be great if it is, but that's, that's not the point. So he's really getting into... The nature of God. Who is God? What does God look like? Not not in the literal sense. What does God look like as in his characteristics and how he interacts with people and, and what people who have actually sat in his presence have to say about him? And that's a book on that subject. So he's, he's actually exploring the effect God had on these people who've been there. Um, now, I know it had an incredibly profound effect on me. Uh, my life's never been the same since. I, I thought I'd had an amazing conversion experience, but this just took it to another level. Just the very knowledge that it's there, that it, that it doesn't have to be some sort of belief in the invisible for me anymore. It, it's actually, yeah, well, I know it's there. It's 100% true. Hmm. Uh, so that really changes you around. It doesn't make life that much easier, really. In fact, in some ways, it makes it quite hard. But um, that's the subject he's he's actually uh, pointing people towards, is getting to know God and understand God. And to me, that is at the core of it all. And, and the more I learn, the more I live, I realise God is at the centre of absolutely everything. Every molecule, every thought, every breath, every tree, every blade of grass, everything has God at the centre of it. Devil is an enigma that will be gone in time, but, but uh, all this sin and darkness and death, that will be gone in time. This is something more powerful, more pervasive, and that is the core issue. God himself, the supreme God of the universe, that's that's everything to me now. Mm, just amazing. What an incredible interview. I've loved every bit of this. I hope that you have enjoyed it also as you've listened. So I want to encourage you, check out the show notes. I'm going to have everything in there for you. But Colin's book, Dying to Be Alive, I'll drop the links there, is 
absolutely incredible. The bestseller that came out, Imagine Heaven by John Burke, and then the sequel to that, Imagine the God of Heaven, that's come out, will all be great resources for you to explore more on this topic in the um, hope that you can connect with more people that don't know the Lord and explain and unpack some of these things. So, Colin, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great to have you back. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure, Tina. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I trust it's been helpful for you. Hey, don't forget to check out our free sample course on missionwithgod.com forward slash free sample. Hope it's a blessing to you. See you next week. We're here to tell